Hello, and welcome to Songwriters Spotlight, the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative Series. I'm Dr. Dan, your host of the show, where we feature Western Mass songwriters who perform their original songs and talk about the art of songwriting. Stay tuned to explore more about music and the tunesmithing that creates it. The songwriters on this episode are a father and son duo who combine excellent lead vocals, tight harmonies, well-developed arrangements, and thoughtful lyrics for a great performance. Here's Rob Adams and Jared Fisk. All right. Just a word about this one. This song is called It Don't Change a Thing, and Jared and I decided for today's show that we would each sing one of the other guy's compositions. So this is one of Jared's tunes that I just had to take to be my own. You called me up just the other day. You said you'd been thinking about the way you tore me down and didn't do your part and asked me to trust on the lies in your heart. I'm glad that you called, that you gave me a ring. I'm glad that you're learning, but it don't change a thing. You told me about your new flame You said he's a drinker Ain't it a shame Well he don't really love you Cause you won't let him in I wish that you could But that don't change a thing All those years digging, panning for gold I've learned my lesson a thousand times over And I'll count the ways that opened my mind But that river of pain taught me to be kind times over and I'll count 
the ways It opened my mind But that river of pain Taught me to be kind Taught me to be kind You called me up just the other day said you've been thinking about the old days I'm glad that you called that you gave me a ring I'm glad that you're learning but it don't change a thing I'm glad that you're learning But it don't change a thing So this next tune is, is one that my dad here wrote and uh, he put it on, on a record back when I was in high school and uh, he invited my brother and I to, to play on that record a little bit and it was sort of our introduction into... Uh, making music in the studio, being part of that creative process, which has become a total lifelong passion of mine. And uh, But this is a real pretty one about the first snow of winter. And I always liked it, so thanks, Jeff, for letting me sing this yeah. one today. One, All the world lies quiet and still Under a blanket of white Summer chairs and yesterday's cares Soften forgotten tonight Lost in a blanket of white Tools from the garden Are now put away They finish their chores For the year Hanging there with them The cares of the day Soon enough they'll disappear lost in a blanket white lost in a blanket white colors are fading pain gone from sight all was a blanket of white All the world lies quiet and still Shimmering under moonlight Till spring comes again we forget when all 
white Lost in a blanket of white Lost in a blanket of white Colors all fading Pain gone from sight All in a blanket of white So I remember you wrote this one not too far off the time that you wrote Blanket of White, right? Maybe a couple years after? Yeah, this one was written later than Blanket of White. Uh, originally, it started out with the idea of uh, thinking about stones. That was the original thought. And from there, I remembered that my brother-in-law, Chad, is a stonemason, so that brought his story to mind. So you'll hear some of that in the song. And, and it, it's, it's little, little mini descriptions of people in different parts of life and how we're all connected anyway. hands it's a living thing the beauty of his work made whole by skill and planning he works to make a living he works because he can something real something lasting made with his two hands My sister works at home And her hands there a given thing Holding close the ones she loves Faith and hope are what she brings Her eyes, they may be weary Her days go on so long But still she finds the place inside That fills her heart with song Oh, the hearts and the hands shape the lives we all live. They're the spark of something bigger we all want to give. Oh, the hearts and the hands shape the lives we all live. They're the spark of something bigger we all want to give. share the gift that through mom and dad was given me here's a song that came to me today i share it with you gratefully 
how I have made a song And she has made a home And he has made a lasting work Of heart and hands and stone And you have made your life And your life touches mine Though we may not see the pattern Still we know all life's entwined for the hearts and the hands and the songs that we sing all come from something bigger that's beyond imagining the hearts and the hands shape the lives we all live they're the spark of something bigger we all want to give So this next tune uh, we're going to do as I get tuned up here, it's from my, my pandemic album. A lot of us have them. You know, luckily I had a home studio when I had nothing else to do. And uh, this song is track two on that album. The album's called We're Already Gone, and you can find it any old where, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and all those good places. But it's a song, actually it's a song that really... Uh, I just had a, a little bit of the hook, this sort of no, 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 no. That's pretty much all I had. But I like the sound of that. So it sort of sat in a drawer for a while until I, uh, until it all, the rest of it sort of just fell in place one day. It goes like this. I move along upon my little track And it takes me around the pond In a beautifully tight circle I can almost see beyond Stop arriving Stop fighting We're all chained to the no, 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 no I can't seem to let it go And at the river there's an apple tree That's grown around the fence Choking vines tighten quietly in a slow-moving dance. Stop writhing, stop fighting, we're all chained to the world. Listen, no, 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 I can't seem to let it go. But there's something in the blood Something in the clover Something in the air 
when the rains are finally over Maybe on the other side We never know relief Maybe it's so static that we come here to see but Stop writhing Stop fighting, we're all chained to the world. So no, 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 I can't seem to let it go. This next song I wrote uh, years ago. Our family used to love to take hikes together, and we, uh, we were on Mount Monadnock one time. And Mount Monadnock usually doesn't have a lot of water, but this one day it had a small trickle of water crossing the, the hiking path. And uh, it just struck me that we were in a beautiful place, and... Uh, then my wife wrote a poem about it when we got home. And sometime after that, I set it to this music. So this is a co-write with my wife, Marianne. It's called Trickle Down Brook. A patch of green, a ray of sunshine Nestled in a shady nook A spark of water sprays up to me, up to me From the trickle-down brook Weary stones worn by the torrent Passing hikers stop and look Tired feet Feel the shock of icy water from the trickle-down brook. Trickle-down brook. Swirling tumbling down away, down away. Falling, falling down away. Swirling tumbling down away, down away. Flash your spirit on me. The place that lowered my defenses, where one day my soul awoke. This place is magic to my senses The trickle-down brook Ooh, trickle-down brook Swirling, tumbling, down away, down away Falling, falling, down away Swirling, tumbling 
your spirit on me. Wash my worries from me. Trickle down, trickle down, trickle down, trickle down brook. Trickle down. Trickle down. This next song is called Return to Sender. It's a newer tune of mine and one that uh, kind of came to me, the, the hook of it came to me in a sort of half awake, half asleep place. And in that dream, uh, someone else was playing it. And I thought, man, wish I wrote that. And I woke up and stole it. So. <laughs> stole it from your own My subconscious. Own mind, yeah.
surrender Then to borrow or lend her Return to sender And I open the letter Open the letter that I wrote to you Said I open the letter This is a new one, uh, it's called Ophelia. can't read for the last time you reached out amongst the waves rocks in your pockets like Virginia Woolf hemlock in your veins Just different points on a circle, not a line. For the last time, you might have called out a name. You know, I hope when you left the wrong. Untroubled by shame Ophelia I cannot shake you from my mind But it's clear Now that you're gone You are with me That you're gone, you're with me all the time. You are with me all the time. 
Rob, Jarrett, thank you so much. I really enjoyed your set. Um, the, the lead vocals were fantastic. The harmonies were lush and gorgeous. And uh, the arrangements, the guitar interplay, I really enjoyed that a lot. Well, thanks uh, a lot. You, Thank you. you obviously put a lot of work into that. And the lyrics are both thoughtful and moving. I uh, appreciated that very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So um, when, did, when did you begin the songwriting career? Well, we'll start with me because I'm the senior member of the band. You started first. I yeah. started first. I was in high school and... Uh, I wanted to write a song for a girlfriend, and that was my very first song that I wrote. And uh, her reaction was, oh, it's better than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I started, you know, I was playing in a garage band, and, you know, in, in junior high school, suddenly that made you, you know, that was my first little, you know, stepping my toe into what I thought was a, a little bit cooler than just being that, you know, nerdy kid. And... Uh, the, the other guitarist in the band wrote these fantastic songs. He was really a prodigy. And uh, so I just started writing, trying to write as good as, as he did, as well as he did. And, and that sort of um, lit a flame under me to, to write songs. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's about when I started off. So about the same age as you probably. Yeah. yeah, we were both teenagers, but he started in a rock band and I had my, my Gibson acoustic guitar and I was singing my sense of- You had a Gibson acoustic? I had a Gibson acoustic, Where did yeah. that get off to? I gave it to my sister and that's the last I know about it. Oh, okay. So I got my Martin and I gave Lily the, the Gibson. Yeah. And, uh, so um, who, who are the people who uh, inspired you to, or who are the inspirations for your musical style and lyrics and so on? Well, for me, I'm a baby boomer. The Beatles were a huge influence on me and everybody around me. Uh, first bands I played in, though, were, were more uh, American rock and roll kind of music. The Rascals, for instance, mm. things like that. And uh, a band from Worcester called Orpheus, we used to play some of their songs. So uh, at that point I was playing electric guitar in a band, but uh, I've always gravitated towards acoustic guitar and it's still my favorite thing to do, is to just uh, sit down and play a beautiful instrument and make pretty sounds on it. So that's, and the inspirations other than the Beatles, uh, I was very in love with the first few James Taylor records and I'm still in love with James Taylor's music all these years later. And that's probably two strongest things, Beatles and James. <laughs> okay. And I, I grew up uh, hearing those things, Beatles and James, and then, so that, that got in there early. And then in, in the 90s, I was just all about the alternative rock, especially the Smashing Pumpkins, and Billy Corgan is this profoundly prolific writer who wrote all kinds of songs, you know, uh, big arena rock songs and also songs that were just stripped down to an acoustic guitar and a voice that I, I still think are really fine today. And, um, but then when I got to college, I started hearing artists like Ray LaMontagne and Damien Rice and Elliot Smith. Um, and then more recently, people like Sturgill Simpson and Jason Isbell, um, Tom Waits, I uh, love all of his records. Um, so uh, yeah, there's really been a, a broad variety of things, but I guess in terms of what specifically inspires my sound is you know bands like Iron and Wine and, and Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson and, and uh, Margot Price and these sort of people that you know the focus is still on 
on the on the song, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. that's those people really do inspire me a lot. Well, it shows. It definitely does. Um, so, what sort of uh, stirs a song into into being? You mentioned a a, a dream that you had. Yeah, um, I guess uh, you know it's different every time. Maybe a little bit. Um, a lot of my better songs, I, I'm, I have to say, I woke up with them in my head. You know, they were a, like a snippet from a dream that I, I've learned to get to my phone recorder very quickly when I wake up because <laughs> it'll slip away. Um, but you know, other than those sort of random, like, okay, a window open and you got a little snippet of something, and now you're trying to turn it into a song. Um, you know, I, and I think a lot of writers might be this way, where you sort of go around with this net dragon behind you that's picking up emotional weight mm -hmm. and and uh, just from all the interactions throughout the day, it's the news, it's the person at the grocery store, you know, and uh, eventually it, it gets burdensome and you've got to turn it into yeah. a song um, just to just to alleviate the, that pressure. Um, so I, sometimes that's how it feels, like you need to write that song and there's a real catharsis and release and relief when you write it. Yeah. And I feel that he's more the born songwriter and I'm more the person that, I got into a band that uh, we, we sounded good together and decided it was time to write our own songs. Uh, and I had written a handful, but I never thought of myself as a songwriter and it was only when I, I joined a group called She's Busy. Uh, we made a few records together, and when you make records, you've got to write your own material. So we all made a pledge one day. We're all going to show up at the, at the next practice with at least the start of a song. And uh, that was my motivation. Was I, I thought the band was great. I wanted the band to be successful. And, and so some of the songs... Let's see, did I do any from, no? Nope. Everything you heard today was from later than that. <laughs> but uh, that was a whole different way of looking at it. It's like, well, we're good, so we ought to write songs. It wasn't like, I'm a writer, so. Yeah, that was another real bar setter for me too, growing up with She's Busy, you know, hearing them all around. That was the name of this trio, and I know you all still play together today. But back then it was this wall of three-part harmony and then yeah. the creative energy was just popping yeah. off. And, yeah. and people to this day, you know, when they're like, oh, Rob's your dad? He played and she's busy, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you guys were doing we, a cool thing. We had a good regional following and uh, we were based out of the Worcester area and uh, played around the Northeast. And it was, it was exciting. And... Uh, and uh, it opened up the idea to, my, to me that I might continue to be a songwriter because I, I just hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not something that occurs to everyone, no. No. <laughs> to be sure. Um, so what are your favorite topics? For writing? Yes. You know, existential dread, um, <laughs> <laughs> the big questions. Uh, I, I used to be really, uh, and I didn't do it on purpose, but I would end up several steps removed from whatever I was really talking about. You know, I could wax philosophical or be poetic, and actually recently I've been trying to strip some of that away, and 
I recently read Mary Gaucher's book about songwriting, and she really, you know, she she tasks writers with uh, uh, really stripping away any any artifice, any politeness, you know, <laughs> to really get to that core. What are you really trying to say, kind of thing. Um, so I would say, yeah, whatever. Sometimes it's a story. Sometimes you're thinking, you know, or you you have a friend who's going through it, and you. You, you swap the narrative around a little bit. You you find a parallel story that evokes the same emotions, and you know there's ways to to tell stories without being uh, too direct with people that you might actually know. Um, and uh, so yeah, heartbreak. Yeah, heartbreak <laughs> will do it. Heartbreak's <laughs> great for writing. <laughs> so, I'm uh, very happily married now, so I haven't I don't write as many songs as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the songs from the She's Beer Busy era came from a, an argument within the band and uh, it was quite upsetting to us all and, and my wife started to write a poem based on how she, I'd come home to her and say oh it was such a rough day at the band and everything and uh, I was pretty uh, anxious about the whole thing and I needed some way to let go of it and so she wrote a song whose whose main part is release oh sweet release take from me the pain and doubt and uh, then I set it to music right and you changed it around though so that you didn't make it about the band you made it about right it turned into a song that anybody could have thought was about a, a, a couple having a, a bad argument and uh, in, in fact, years ago, we were playing with a bass player in the band, and, and I said, yeah, remember when we wrote Release about the band? And he went, that song's about the band? Yeah. <laughs> and Lisa sang that one too, yes. right? Uh, Lisa is just a wonderful singer, Lisa Wilson Brumby. Uh, she and her sister Selena uh, were the two other members of this trio. And, and when I wrote Release, she asked me if she might sing the lead vocal on it and and she's a great singer so I said yes it's like when I asked him can I sing your song he said yeah you can have it yeah hey I, I was glad I've been waiting for you to want to cover one of mine for yeah. a while so, so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what about your writing process you've described some of it Did you, how you do a lot of editing um, in your work yeah 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 you too oh yeah I edit like crazy I, I'm still you know, there was a song that we play in a band. We play in a band called The Casters. And I had a song called Ariana that I'd been playing back since probably 2015. No, before then, more like 2010. Okay. Um, and uh, it never felt right. You know, there's that little feeling like, you know, like a, a line doesn't, you know, it doesn't sit quite right with you. You know there's something about it that's not quite there. It used to be a love song, and, and all it needed to happened to it to finish it was to make it a little more bitter a little more ambiguous <laughs> and uh but i mean that was a song that i was writing for 10 years and i kept messing with it you know um now i think it's done but yeah and in the band my role i don't have to write the material which i find to be a relief okay because i again i i don't wake up in the morning saying i'm a writer i say no i'm a guitar player and a singer mm -hmm. Well, you write so, parts on the guitar. Well, that's what I'm he saying. He writes phenomenal is, parts on the guitar. I love that part. I don't have to bring the song to the band, but within the band, there's two rhythm guitar players, and then there's me 
and I have to invent parts that that serve the song, and uh, that's a joy. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's it creative work, it's writing, you know, you're coming up with something that wasn't there, but it's not like, I feel a big responsibility when you ask me to write a real song all the way to the beginning to the end. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. when, when he moved out to Charlemont and the casters have been together for like eight years and we, we tried it without him for a little bit because he's so far away. We did you know, a few gigs and what we discovered was that these guitar parts that he wrote were so integral to the songs that mm -hmm. it just did not, we couldn't be the casters without Rob's guitar parts. And he really does have a, a, a gift for part writing, um, yeah. coming up with not just a part, because anybody can write a part to a song, but sort of like George Harrison, he always wrote the right part, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that you have that, that same ability. Yeah, and I, I, it's a, a joy. There's, there's a place where I can take my talents and, and make something good with them, and that's just a joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you, you borrow from the, the, the lyrics from your yes. wife and from others. Yes, yeah. my wife nice. is is a, a frequent collaborator, and uh, the other things as far as like you said, where does the stuff come from? Uh, I wrote a song that was based on being on the road with the band, and we pulled into a diner, and it was like going back in time. It was one of those '50s era diners with mm. with black and white linoleum floor and a big monstrous Wurlitzer jukebox. It had all these things that felt not at all like, this was in the 90s and it felt like we'd gone back to the 50s. <laughs> and uh, so I wrote a song about that. The place was called Vinnie Binks Classic American Diner. So I wrote a song about Vinnie Binks and uh, Trickle Down Book was from a real experience. Uh, another time I said something in conversation and Marianne said, that's the beginning of a song. And so I, I took her word for it and I, completed the song so mm -hmm. but yes yeah, she's she's a, a big part of what uh, gets me to finish what I start <laughs> okay yeah um, so do you have any uh, suggestions for other songwriters you you obviously point out that there's a lot of value in collaboration mm -hmm. uh, at a whole bunch of levels uh, any other thoughts for other songwriters when they think about it I think the biggest thing, well, it depends. If you're, if you're right at the beginning, sometimes you just need to learn the form of a song, you know, because it seems like magic. So just to, to learn, you know, study the, some songs that you enjoy. And, you know, once you realize that it's, oh, it's just first chorus, first chorus, bridge chorus out, even that, that's a great place to start. But once you have that, just write a lot. Don't expect that, you know, that first thing that you write is going to be brilliant. Just just write and write and write and write because I mean I don't play any of the first 20 songs that I wrote you know like those are off well they're nowhere is where they and yeah and I, I would say uh, you know probably the last thing a songwriter should be worried about is being uh, polite or exercising discretion like if you're gonna approach this creative process honestly you, you better you better say what you mean it's going to be a lot more interesting that way. Yeah. And right. I would just say that, you know, taking my own writing experience is if you've written some stuff that other people say are good songs, stop getting in your own way. You know, I've just 
describe to you how I don't think of myself as a writer. Well, I can write, so maybe I need to get out of my own way. And I would say to other writers who are self-conscious, which I guess is part of what's going on with yeah. me, is uh, just let go of that a little bit and just go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah. Have a few drinks. Get a, get a, <laughs> a comp book and a nice pen. I find that a nice pen is... I, I just love the feel of a good Pilot V-Ball pen, like, you know, I, or, or, you know, a Sharpie and a big piece of white paper. I, mm -hmm. The medium can matter. And, you know, I've also written songs on my keyboard or whatever, or even on my phone. But um, sometimes it's nice to have sort of dedicated supplies, you know, give a little specialness to, to the experience. Um, but also just, you know, wait for that little spark, you know, to... Mm -hmm to set you off and then it's that you know it's the old like songs you know or any creative process is like one percent inspiration 99 percent perspiration or mm -hmm. i've heard it said a bunch of different ways but i think there's a lot of truth to that you know you wait for that little spark that's like oh there's something there but then you gotta then you gotta chase it down and you gotta wrestle it and you gotta say oh you know what that verse is just filler i'm gonna mm -hmm. start over on that verse what am i really trying to say you know what, what is this song really about? What am I really trying to convey? Yeah, and sometimes the writer doesn't even know himself what it's about until well into it, you know? Mm. Th they have a thing that's got them going, but they can't put their finger on it. Uh, this is not from our own writing, but I went to see James Taylor one time, and he does a song called The Frozen Man, and he's, he wrote it about a, a a corpse that was preserved in the ice for a long time and it was written up in the National Geographic mm -hmm. and that's what he thought he was writing about but when I saw him in concert he said it took me years to realize I was writing about my dad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little rough but uh, yeah we don't always know the, the underlying things that we're saying when we're being creative uh, anything else you want to add for our audience or uh, the world? Um, yeah. I would say that uh, for, for most people is uh, you need to play them the songs in front of an audience. So go to an open mic or something. Mm. Um, because music is meant to be shared with other people. And I know at this point people can do it all online. You know, you can mm -hmm. post a YouTube thing of yourself. But that thing that happens when you're in front of an audience is invaluable for giving you some feedback about your yeah. stuff. There's something really just uh, nourishing about going to those places. And you know, uh, songwriting is, isn't a, a meritocracy necessarily. That is to say, somebody that you see who's written a song at the local open mic, you, you'd be surprised. Some of these songs are really lovely and really brilliant. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get famous. So there's a lot of beautiful art right out there in your neighborhood. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's worth taking note, going out there, hearing it, you know. Um, there's an absence of that sort of nourishing enjoyment of art within even a very small group of people. It doesn't need to be a lot. But you get out there into a place where people are there to appreciate it. And the whole room just sort of vibrates at a different level you know than than uh, other places it's, it's it's special and it's something that we need to make sure we hang on to i think it's important mm -hmm. and you might meet another musician who you want to collaborate with too it's another one of the 
benefits of going out uh, in, and playing in front of other people. Mm. You might meet somebody who goes, oh, I really like your writing. Would you like to co-write something? Cool. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your very thoughtful ideas about songwriting and, of course, cool. the music you shared with us. Really terrific. So Thanks. let me thank you. You bet. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for watching our show. I would like to acknowledge the support of the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative, promoting the original music scene in Western Massachusetts. If you want to learn more about the WMSC, go to their Facebook page. Thanks for watching. I'm Dr. Dan. I hope you'll tune in again for the show that puts a spotlight on songwriters.